Welcome to another episode of Illinois Innovators, where we spotlight the trending topics in research, technology, and entrepreneurship surrounding the Granger College of Engineering at the University of Illinois, Urbana-Champaign. I'm your host, Deborah Levy-Larson. Here with me is Marco Panesi. He's the director of the Center for Hypersonics and Entry Systems Studies at the University of Illinois. He's also a professor in the Department of Aerospace Engineering, specializing in hypersonics, which is what I asked him here to talk about today. Marco, how did you first get interested in hypersonics? Yeah, well, first of all, I have to say that in my studies in Italy, we didn't have a, any, any class of any any course in, in this topic and so I didn't really know it. The first time I start studying and working with hypersonic flow was during my uh, diploma course and, 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 and PhD at the Von Karman Institute uh, where you know I became part of the plasma team so it's a group of people that study high enthalpy flows we call it you know high temperature flows and, uh, and that, that's where you know I learned and I, I, I fell in love with it how would you define hypersonics? Conventionally, in fluid mechanics, we define three different regi flow regimes. You know? And uh, the, the, the simplest one, I would say, is subsonic flow. That's what we are familiar with because we see it every day when we drive our own car. Um, and uh, this is characterized by uh, flow moving at low speed with respect to the speed of sound. So you have to imagine the speed of sound propagates at about 700, 60 miles per hour um, and uh, so if the velocity of the flow is very uh, small compared to this uh, uh, speed of reference then the, 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 the gas behaves in a certain manner that we are all familiar with. As you approach the speed of sound so um, we, we define this as a Mach 1 is uh, the ratio of the speed with respect to the speed of propagation of acoustic waves, uh, then uh, there is a new physical phenomenon, new physics uh, comes into play, which is uh, manifest itself in the form of shock waves. And uh, shock waves are really interesting and important, especially in aerospace engineering, because they change dramatically the dynamic of the flow around an aircraft, for instance, jet, jet fighter or the Concorde aircraft. Now, as we move at higher and higher speed, think of it as a five times the speed of sound, about 4,000 miles per hour, then these shock waves induce very high temperature downstream of the shock wave and, and cause and provoke, and, and as a result of that, the, the gas becomes chemical reacting. If they come, uh, the gas chemical reacting means that basically uh, the molecules fall apart. You know, uh, you have uh, free electrons that becomes free to 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 wander in the, in the space, and uh, and and this very hot gas then goes uh, impinges on your vehicle, and therefore we have to do something about that. Um, we have to design a system, a thermal protection system, to protect it. And that's so a vehicle during entry into a planetary atmosphere like Mars is protected from the extreme heat? Uh, think of it, the temperature is twice the temperature of the surface of the sun that is impinging on a wall. So we have to provide some heat release, okay? A way to do that uh, is to uh, construct thermal protection system that protects the environment. The, the payload, everything that is inside and the structure of the vehicle from this very harsh environment. 
We do that in the harshest condition by um, designing the thermal protection system such that it burns. So the, it, by burning, it releases the energy. Part is released through re-radiation into the atmosphere, and part is, is due to really the consumption of the, the, the thermal protection system that, that provides some uh, release of the energy and doesn't heat up the, 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 the interior payloads. The layers on the exterior of the vehicle sort of slough off? Yes, yes. In the case of Apollo, I think, I don't remember this, but half of the heat shield was consumed. And at that time, uh, I, w I was actually having a discussion with a scientist at the time, Professor Chu Park, and he mentioned that the design was such that uh, they expected to have like one-eighth of the TPS be consumed, and in reality, after the flight, they noticed that almost half was completely gone. So uh, it's very hard, and it's very hard to make predictions. Can you explain some of the bigger questions about these entry systems that you're working to answer in your research? So there are many questions. One thing that I'm interested in, and that's been the, the core of my research, is really how the, these chemical processes take place in this uh, downstream of a shock wave or in the, in the flow near the, the, the wall of the vehicle, like in the boundary layer. It's really very hard. It's very hard problem because of the complex, the chemical complexity grows exponentially. So you can never resolve all the chemical processes that take place. You have to make assumption, and and this exponential complexity makes it really impossible to have the right. We never have the right answer. We always have to model something. It's really a combination of engineering, physics, chemistry. My research is, is you know, at the intersection between these areas and computational mathematics, of course. You've received a number of awards recently. One is a multidisciplinary university research initiative from the Department of Defense. What are the specific challenges you'll address in this MURI project? Okay, so this is, yeah, so this is an effort uh, between myself and colleagues from other universities. At the U, U of I, we have Professor Tong Lee in Mexi, and now we are trying to, to bring in an additional complexity which is given by turbulence, and we are trying to solve the combined problem in which you have chemical reaction and turbulence present in the same, in, at the same time. Okay, so now turbulence has many features, in many ways is very similar to chemistry in the sense that we have a wide range of scales that we cannot model, we cannot compute because there are so many, so it's, we don't have enough computational power. And it's also chaotic, which is an additional complexity. So we are trying to find a model that works for both of them. And uh, we work with the applied mathematician, with experimentalists, uh, to basically uh, leverage observation and computational models to extract some model from the data and from the computer, high fidelity computation that can be applied for prediction, you know, again, and kind of reduce order model that captured the essential feature of the flow. You also have major funding from NASA through a space and technology research initiative called the Advanced Computational Center for Entry Systems Simulation, or ACCESS. What are your goals for this new initiative? Um, that's, you know, a huge effort. It's a $60 million center which uh, was awarded to the University of Colorado and there are other partner universities. Uh, what we are going to do here at UIUC is the modeling of the flow physics, so anything related from the chemistry all the way down to the turbulence. 
so models okay so we'll try to find uh, study the detailed chemistry using quantum mechanics to understand the reactivity of some molecules or you know for instance understanding you know in detail how this molecule reacts on with the surface doing molecular dynamic simulation and also doing you know just a study of turbulence on a flat plate curved plate and so forth we do have modeling capability and in hypersonic we cannot really rely on testing at least we can only test only a few things we understand how the molecules interact with each other and then we 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 compile a set of you know data sets that we can put in, in, in into our cfd solver uh, now for the purpose of the the nstri project we have a collaboration with professor wahua at the University of New Mexico, and, and he's a chemist, so he will be doing that. And of course, we have a collaborator from NASA that have been doing that for, for ages, and I've been working with them since 2008, so it's a very long time. Um, the purpose of this center is also to, to collaborate very closely to NASA, to create some relationship. So I think we leverage a lot what you know, they have to offer there. Marco, I understand you were also awarded a very prestigious Department of Defense Fellowship. What is the Van Ever Bush Faculty Fellowship and what does it mean to you to have received it? I love this award because it is unconstrained. So it's really fundamental research. There is no, there is no limit. You, is I, I risk and I reward. Um, and, uh, um, and so that's great. You know, you, it pushes you to to invent new things, new theories, new ideas, and and it can you can take as much risk as you feel comfortable. It's really there is no the only limit is is your imagination. You know they really accept uh, the the wildest idea and uh, is really has to be something complete. The potential to transform a field. Okay, um, one of the very important goal is to generate the future. Uh, researcher and scientist, uh, given the kind of research probably faculty or or, or research in, in in national labs, uh, but you know probably is, this is the most interesting project I've ever wrote. It's really nice to be unconstrained, you know, just to propose something without you know being worried that it might be rejected because it's too out there. Of course, you're also the director of Chess the Center for Hypersonics and Entry System Studies here at the University of Illinois. Can you tell me a little bit more about what the center does? Yeah, so uh, before I do that, I would like to uh, say that uh, uh, I would like to thank the Granger College of Engineering. And in fact, you know, if we have the center, is really thank to um, uh, the Dean, uh, Dean Bashir and, and, you know, the entire college, uh, the leadership in the, in the college, because they actually provide us with the support, you know, and, and you know, advice, and, but also, you know, the funding <laughs> necessary to make this uh, true. And, and they are really still supporting us. They have been very supportive. They just are, have been amazing. The center uh, deals with hypersonics, but is broader, much broader uh, scope. Um, we do care about the fluid mechanics and the aerothermo, we call it aerothermodynamics, so aer aerodynamics and thermodynamics and thermochemistry, I would say. Uh, but also we care about 
everything else that goes into an hypersonic system, from you know uh, detection, um, well, of course, material, aerosciences, detection, control, uh, uh, you name it, sensors, and so there are very many different aspects. So, in a sense, you know, we have a strong, uh, we are very heavily strong in aerothermodynamics, and in the next few months, we'll be trying to broaden to include other disciplines like, you know, uh, a lot more computer science, a lot more, you know, uh, control, automation, and, and guidance, GNC, guidance, navigation, and control. A, a lot more about ECE in terms of sensors. So we are really trying to take advantage of the Granger College, all the aspects of disciplines in the Granger College of Engineer, Engineering to, you know, create the next generation center. I think that's, you know, very ambitious. Uh, but uh, but we, that's what that's the, what the goal is is really to solve the entire problem. So uh, that's the vision for chess. You know, just study the entire problem. You know, in all this, its aspect, uh, from the fundamental point of view to the up, more applied. You know, we want to have an impact. That's key. Can you talk a little bit more about the hypersonics facilities here? And the Granger College of en Engineering has been investing a lot of funding uh, in into purchasing two uh, one-of-a-kind facility. One is a smaller facility for more fundamental work, which is uh, mostly operated by Professor uh, Panere and his group. Um, and the goal is to really do fundamental study. So as a reduced scale is about 100 kilowatt fa facility. Um, We've worked with this in Belgium and, and it's very convenient really for fundamentals and and very small scale things. Uh, the second one is an inductively uh, coupled, again, still an ICP, inductively coupled plasma facility, is the largest in the United States, is 400 kilowatt, um, and uh, um, it's much more powerful, so we can test bigger objects, it can go hyper, uh, supersonic up to Mach 4, uh, so four times the speed of sound, and it, for a, a temperature of, you know, several thousands degrees, so like five, six thousand degrees Kelvin. Um, so the way it works is fairly simple. You have a, an antenna, which is like a solenoid, and it's like, think of it as a spring, which is wrapped around a, a, a tube, and, and we, we run very high frequency current in this coil, which generates, you know, plasma into the torch, and this plasma gets flushed into um, a test section where we put the, the material sample to be tested and so it seemed very simple um, and, and you know that's unique technology because you know especially in the United States there are not so many of these and, uh, and they are great because since there is no contact between the electrodes and the plasma there is no they are basically free of any contaminants uh, other facility they have electrodes which are in contact with the gas and so the electrodes as they erode they contaminate the plasma they change the chemistry and so they're not ideal for the kind of studies we would like to do which is you know very fundamental uh, material science quality uh, testing and you know uh, aerothermochemistry. Finally what are some of your hopes and dreams for the future of research in hypersonics at Illinois? Um, two things broaden to cover other disciplines that conventionally are not done really 
dealt with in hypersonic. And also, you know, at Illinois we are very good at doing fundamental research, but there is some need also for transitional research, to move a lot of this research to, towards the application so that we can have more impact. Thank you so much, Marco, for taking time out of your day to give us a feel for the kinds of problems you're working to solve and help us to understand a little bit more about hypersonics. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Illinois Innovators. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast through SoundCloud, iTunes, or Stitcher, or become involved in our community by using the hashtag Illinois Innovators.